0: Now, this, my next guest's DNA definitely contains some broadcasting chops, but he's turned his culinary talents and curiosity to a foodie podcast called Spooning with Mark Wogan. And he joins me this morning from our London studio to talk about it from the BBC. Good morning, Mark. Good morning to you, sir.
1: How are you? Do you know I'm in flying form this morning? And how are you? Not too bad. I'm I'm missing one coffee. (laughs) I'm, I'm one coffee short of fine. And how did that happen? Well, I got here preposterously early and but i've had the pleasure of sitting in this tiny dingy little room in the bottom of wogan house listening to you broadcast which has been a pleasure
0: oh well that's that's very very kind of you to say there's weather warnings around london
1: and uh, south of england at the moment It was bright sunshine driving in this morning so i don't know i don't know whether they've got that wrong mind you I, i did go for a walk a rather foolish walk in storm henk the other day oh yeah and and a tree fell down and not that not that far away from us yeah but well, they, we that... survived
0: I think the wheel, the, the famous wheel on the Thames, one of the hatches was ripped off it while uh, there were a family inside. So yeah, it was yeah, a serious. I, I rough. wouldn't.
1: I would. I wouldn't go up on that thing. <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> even, even in the sunshine. No, even in, in the sunshine on a calm day. I went up on it once with my family, and I had to sit and and do deep breathing on the chair in the middle. I found it so <laughs> terrifying.
0: That's the things you have to do with your family. Just grin and bear it. <laughs> we have this thing called Thunderland here, which is like a theme park, a traveling theme I park. I know. I know Thunderland. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, you know Thunderland, and in the order. Yes, and I had I was there upside down a couple of weeks ago, like a fool, yeah, like a no, fool. No. And you know, I, I, unlike you, I don't have a body fat of seven percent, so uh,
1: I've muscle muscle <laughs> of seven percent. So it was all just it was all just hanging down, man. <laughs> Well, you see, you see, uh, that's that's uh, my son Harry. Uh, that's to go on those things. Uh, that's his mother's job, Susan. She she goes on those. How many things do you I, have? I have only got the one, ah. uh, H- Harry, and and the one wife, Susan. <laughs> so that's all you need. Exactly. To be honest, any more than that's a lot of work. It gets expensive after that.
0: <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your, your culinary talents, your history in in in
1: food. Yeah. Well, I mean, you describe me as a chef, which is a stretch, to be honest, because I haven't done that since about 2003. As I always say, I used to be a chef, but I'm fine now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, you, you know, I ended up in hospitality because uh, essentially I have no qualifications and because uh, I messed up a little bit at school. So where do you end up when you've got no qualifications? Well, back in the 80s, it was a kitchen. Um, and uh, the first place I ever worked was at the Neil Street restaurant in Covent Garden, with the lovely Antonio Carluccio, who's oh, sadly yeah. no longer with us, and yeah. and uh, Gennaro Contaldo. Wow! Uh, so those those were the first people I worked with, which was a joyous baptism of fire. Oh, were they in the and, kitchen together? No, um, it was Gennaro in the kitchen and. Um, Antonio sort of steering things from, 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 from a desk. <laughs> because I saw the TV series they made before Antonio the died. The Greedy Italians.
0: Ah, that was a great TV series. And they really their, their relationship really came across. It was like a father and son relationship in some ways.
1: Yeah, and they were, they were terribly grumpy and rude with each other, but, 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 but it all came from a loving place. And how long did you stay there? I was there for about a year or so, and I actually... Did, do you remember they opened those things, Carluccio's? We have one in Dublin. We still exactly. have one. Well, I, I, I worked on the opening of the first ever Carluccio's. Ah. I spent my life cooking polenta biscuits. And they're still on the menu? Well... That's uh, it, it, probably, probably my recipe. But it's, no. your it's
0: your legacy. Well, you're going to have other, le- other legacies. But you, you, the, 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 hospitality then came calling in terms of, uh, well, I mean, the bigger side of things as well. I, I, like, you are involved in plant-based ingredients. You're involved in a pizza restaurant now as well. So you, yeah, about, you went from I mean, chefing to
1: owning. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I stopped cooking professionally about 2003 and uh, I then created a business partnership with my brother, Alan. And we've had that now in one way, shape or form for, you know, over 20 years now, which uh, makes (laughs) me feel old. But uh, yeah, about 10 years ago, we opened a thing in London called Home Slice Pizza, which has gone really well. And we've, we we did have six of those, but. The lockdown and COVID managed to get rid of three of them for us. You know, I mean, for anyone, I mean, most industries and and particularly uh, hospitality, the last three four years have not been a barrel yeah. of laughs. But but we're, we're still in the game, uh, so we got three of those in central London, and then uh, with a chef called Neil Rankin, who's a Scotsman and a very talented man, uh, we created a business called Simplicity Foods which we make plant-based products that we currently wholesale into restaurants in the UK and Ireland. And we, we, I suppose we're, it's just over a couple of thousand restaurants we supply with that now. Wow. And uh, hopefully that will be in a supermarket near you this year. In Ireland? So we're, uh, well, all, all over the place. We're, we're, we're trying to get it out there as a, as a retail product at the moment because we're very proud of it. We've taken a revolutionary approach to plant-based eating. We use vegetables. <laughs> Rather than soy and <laughs> yes. cultured yes. proteins, <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. various things ca- things made I in mean, the lab. Exactly, you see a lot of those products, and you turn them over. You look at you look at the ingredients on the back, and you need a degree in food science to understand what at least thirty eight of them are. <laughs> I like that you're going to make. And and in the pizza restaurants, you have vegan ingredients as well. We do, we do. Uh, I would say about. I mean nearly 60% of the menu is available with vegan options. That's becoming more and more popular the popular choice for people. Well, I think we you know we could all do with eating a few more plants. I mean, don't get me wrong, I like all ingredients and that's that's sort of the basis for the podcast really is. There's no such thing as a bad ingredient. Uh you know, outside of a religious belief or 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 a you know, actual yeah. medical condition. Sure. There's, there's, you've just had it cooked badly for you, so that's what we challenge on spooning with Mark Wogan. You, you, well, that's, i love the way you introduced that—the professionalism of you you your
0: segueing to your own podcast. You see the way I did that? There? Yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah. It was wonderful. Yeah. Well, t- well, tell us about spoon. Now, obviously, spooning has a, a other connotation as well, but this is actually a spoon we're talking about. This is food-based.
1: Yes, I'm, I'm giving my guests a, uh, more of a metaphorical hug than an actual hug. <laughs> well, although I mean, although Matt Tebbett did offer to Spoon with me. <laughs> and, you know, he's not an unattractive man. I felt, let's not push the balance.
0: Presenter else. of Saturday Kitchen, which is a very popular programme here as well. And uh, uh, he's a very attractive man. Now, uh, <laughs> you're no stranger to broadcasting. You've you presented a number of shows over the years, but you kind of had a hiatus for a while. And then how did you end up with the with the podcast?
1: Well, I mean, the hiatus... <laughs> The hiatus was enforced because, quite <laughs> frankly, you know, I did, I did a bit of stuff in the, in the mid-90s, which, you know, thankfully is not represented with any depth anywhere, so you can't see what an Egypt I was. But, um, yeah, this, this came about because I was literally wandering down the street one day, with purpose, not just aimlessly, and I glanced through a pub window and I saw my good friend, Ewan Venter's sitting next to chris evans in a pub and i waved at them through the window they beckoned me in and they were having what can only be described as a long lunch together in this pub and there was a whole group of people there and this nice man was sitting there and he said um have you ever thought of doing radio to which I replied, "Well, it was more of my father's gig that one." And he said, "Well, I think you should do it." I said, "That's very nice." And then he said, "Well, I can make it happen because I happen to be the head of audio, and Chris Chris Evans is boss." <laughs> so that's how it came about. We had a couple of discussions, and I came up with the idea for spooning, and and we've sort of about uh, we've recorded about twenty of them now, and we're we're we're, we're, we're drip-feeding them out every Thursday. Today is one of my favourite ones, which is with Claudia Winkleman, who is a very funny woman. Very funny woman. She was
0: was on Graeme Norton's New Year's Eve show and she was certainly showing her comedy chops there as well and she's the presenter of the huge runaway success traitors.
1: Well, I think I think she can now be described as the queen of TV. Absolutely.
0: Oh, yeah. And I, I look forward to that. I was listening to the podcast. I was I listened to Matt Tebbutt. I listened to Jimmy Carr uh, as well. There was some some some. You've heard five
1: have been released. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. This 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 one today is number five. Okay. And uh, it, look, it's been it's been great fun. So tell it. tell us it what you really do to has.
0: what you do to the guest. What do you so? How, is it, how does it work?
1: way it works is before the guest comes on they answer a little questionnaire about you know ingredients they love ingredients they don't love f- guilty food pleasures best meal they've ever had worst meal they've ever had childhood food memories and from that me and the chef jamie shears who's the chef at the mount street restaurant where we where we record it create a little sort of you know, horn of plenty on a table for them, and then we work towards these two spoons. Now, one of them is something that they've said they love, and the other one is something they said they hate. And I blindfold them, and I feed them this spoon, and they've got to kind of talk about what they're tasting. And the idea is that we change people's opinions on what they think they like. Because if you remove sight... All the other sort of flavor receptors can play, play tricks on you. And we have about an 80% strike rate at the moment in terms of changing people's opinions on oh. stuff they thought they hate. So purely by t- them not knowing what it is, or not visually being yeah. able to, not be able to yeah, see if it. If they can't see it, you know. And, it, and so, for example, somebody might say, you know, they absolutely hate tripe. Now, tripes are challenging, you know, protein. <sighs> It can depend on how it's prepared, to be honest. Yeah, it, it, if it's yeah, prepared exactly. well and, and yeah. cooked well it can be it can be... can be delicious. But yeah, I mean you for example, what's the one thing you hate eating? <laughs> Have you seen me? There's not much. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's one of my hobbies. It's, like, it's one of my hobbies like eating anything. Well, well, I mean, look, yeah, as, no, as, I, you, I, as look. you know, myself, I am... I am. There's an overnourished man dying to get out. <laughs> yeah. uh, I suppose uh, baked beans, uh, it kind of makes me cringe, the thought of it. makes me cringe. You said, well, what's wrong with a baked bean? I mean, <laughs> the, the, the baked bean has kept nations going. What have you got again? Well, you fed them, you probably fed them too early as a child. You didn't like the flavor and you've ne- and the texture. Just, you know, they
0: were and microwaved. They went, the coagulate around the edge and then they, they got a bit dry on top and then they reheated again with the mashed potato. Like, don't, please don't, please don't start yeah. this.
1: This is the problem. When people murder an ingredient, why would you want to eat it? But if you cook it properly, it's a nice thing. Did you blindfold your teenage son and get him to try this? Uh, I did actually there was a whole group of him and his friends around and I just to, to see whether the, the theory worked I sat them all around the table at home and I put several things on a plate and blindfolded them all and they had to just tell me what they were eating and some of the answers were extraordinary like they couldn't that you know I know for a fact my son hates mango which you know is fine but he thought he was eating pineapple because he hadn't seen it was mango I gave them dates they thought they were eating chocolate. You know, I mean it's okay. it is an interesting thing when you remove sight all bets are off. What what I like about this is a podcast but it's also filmed it's on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, we, we we're very lucky to have my my friend you inventors who heads up uh, a whole raft of uh, lovely restaurants around around the country and Scotland and all sorts of places but they have the Mount Street restaurant in 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 london's rather shabby mayfair and they have this fantastic terrible terrible hellhole and they've got this lovely room at the top that they call the games room and we're very lucky we get we get to film it in there and it looks lovely on camera and it's a really Nice warm room, and it just puts everyone at ease. Before I blindfold them and feed them their idea of hell.
0: Where, where does your love of food come from? Like mum and dad are, are Irish. Mum, mum Helen is from from Dublin, and yep. dad's from Limerick, of course. Yep. Um, where did the love of food
1: come from? Well, dad freely admitted when he was growing up that his mother was a filthy cook, <laughs> but uh, luckily he married my mother, who is an exceptional cook, and. Oh we all grew up eating incredible food because mum was in very very experimental she really pushed the boundaries in terms of you know ingredients flavors all that thing we never you know people go oh what your family favorites she was always cooking something different and interesting whatever so we all had a love of food and as a result We've all ended up in hospitality. My sister and her husband have two great pub restaurants out in one in Cookham and another one in Gerrard's Cross uh, in the south of England. And, you know, we all just love food. And as you as you I mean, it was quite obvious that my father loved food as well. Well, your dad and for people who don't know, who are listening. Your dad is Terry Wogan um, and you're in Wogan House now. (laughs) <laughs> I am. I'm sitting in Wogan House. However, they have stuck me in a dingy, windowless. Did they not? know shit. Did you not
0: demand at the reception desk as <clears> you walked into the security guard who doesn't know anybody, and go, "I am. I'm
1: Mr. Wogan." Well, it's the great. It's the great line. Is it? Do you know who I am? <laughs> Could somebody help this person who doesn't know who he is? <laughs> I mean, your dad was a, a foodie as well. Oh God! I mean, I think outside of sitting in front of a microphone, his favourite thing to do was eat. I mean. It, and at points, you might have argued that you needed a bicycle to get on his good side. But you know, he, his 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 weight fluctuated over the years, and and I have unfortunately inherited his propensity for weight gain, which is uh, a family trait. That if you walk past a potato, you put on a stone.
0: Yeah, but you you, you decided to change all that a couple of years ago, four years ago.
1: Yes, that was um, that was as I was turning fifty. I decided to get into the best shape of my life for the second half, having made a disastrous. <laughs> the first 50 years were a disaster. So I thought I'd, I'm going to, you know, try and increase my chances of, of hanging around a bit longer. So yes, I went on a big transformation, which, uh, when I set out on it, um, I didn't know how far I was going to take it. And, um, Being a man of slightly addictive personalities, I I took it a little further than most would, and I went from, I was 30% body fat, and I went all the way down to just below seven. Wow, that's that's extreme. Now, here is a cautionary tale in all of this. When you get that lean, you look phenomenal naked, but in clothes, people think you're dying. Because body or face, you can't have both.
0: Okay, that's the It should be on a T-shirt
1: somewhere. No, I literally... People were coming up to my wife at the school going, how long's Mark got left? It's oh, like, no. he's in the best shape of his life. What are you talking about? But I did. I, 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 honestly, it, the, the skin was hanging off my face. So I've put on... What I would say is a healthy amount of weight since since that. Yeah, well, I, I, I just want, I, I just wanted to see how far it went. I, like I, see,
0: I see on YouTube, you look. I mean, you look great, you look fit and well. Uh, on on the on the podcast, having the name Wogan is that a help or a hindrance in the broadcasting world?
1: Well, I mean, seeing as it's the only name I've got, I don't really know any different. And you know, I think if and I, I've said this before, and I think if 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 I've got this podcast just because of who my dad was that would make me the oldest nepo baby in the world (laughs) 53 year old nepo baby exactly
0: (laughs) As you said, Dad. Dad liked food, and uh, I know from other people. I met your dad once in in Broadcasting House. I happened to be there with Ryan, and he was uh, filling in for your dad. And uh, we we went over a little bit early to meet him, and he was very kind, and very generous. And he was off to lunch somewhere, off to off to, a, off to have a little bite somewhere. Yes. And uh, did you find yourself being brought to glamorous restaurants as a child, or was it were you yeah, kept the we, we, wraps?
1: No, we were lucky as kids. We did we did get to eat in some incredible places, and you know it was you know i mean it, it it would be you know remiss of me to say i had anything other than a privileged upbringing but i think you know it's it, that love of food was 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 mum first and foremost and then dad dad got on board but i mean he did he loved a great restaurant he loved he loved he loved a good glass of wine I mean, he, you know, he liked to drink, but, I mean, not not to a problematic I point. But, you know. I think
0: you're describing 95% of the people who are listening listening exactly. today. Well, here's a text from Jones. says, what a beautiful broadcasting voice Mark has. The apple didn't fall far from the tree, is the saying. Well, isn't Joan
1: a lovely person? Isn't that
0: nice? Agree with Mark, particularly love his reference to vegetarian food ingredients lists being incomprehensible. On the one hand, we're told to eat non-meat, non-dairy, and on the other, not to eat ultra-processed foods. You'd be forgiven for giving up and just reaching for the celebrations, is Claire in Dublin. Oh, we all like a celebration. <laughs> love, love a little celebration. Um, the podcast will continue. How many more have you, you? Have you got twenty in the bag?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we're just keeping going. It's like tomorrow. Um, I'm interviewing James May, which I'm looking forward to. From oh, you know, yeah. And he's had a little cookery program out on Amazon Prime, which I think they paid him a small fortune for. To Similar you know. to what what Virgin are paying you. No, but listen, I I, <laughs> I won't be retiring any anytime soon let me tell you (laughs) I'll have to keep working working into my old age Uh, you must uh, how is mum how's mum doing she's great she's great we all had a fantastic family Christmas together this year all, all 12 of us round the table and, yeah. you know, she's 87 now. And as as dad always used to say, he goes, if you want to inherit anything, you'll have to hit your mother over the head with a blunt object. <laughs> got, she continued to go. That, that, is, that, is, that, is true, that is true words. Chris,
0: Christmas is difficult. I know my my dad's gone 23 years. So your, your dad's a bit. about seven years ago, was it? Yeah,
1: it'd be seven years in, in February. And I'm sure it just feels like yesterday. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Sometimes it somebody was asking me about this yesterday actually and it's that interesting thing is like what i find is a situation will arise some somebody can say something or whatever and you almost get mugged by your emotion on it it suddenly just hits you and you go oh god he's gone you know yeah and because he still he he still very much feels like he's he's with us you know, his, he was such a big individual and such a big presence that that just doesn't go away because somebody is gone. You see, and, you know, and that's a lovely thing. And also now, because I'm doing a bit of this and I'm getting asked about him a lot, it's 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 nice to remember him as who he was and 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 what he was. And and he he was he was just a lovely man. You, you and it sound like you're you close dad. to him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we were very close as a family. And, you know, that thing of, it's it, what, what's really nice is, like yourself or whoever, everyone has a great experience of him. So wherever I go, somebody tells me a lovely story about my dad. Yeah, some of the team here were with him in Mill Street when the, he did the Eurovision from, from
0: Cork. Uh, Siobhan mm. was there as well and met him a number of times with Jerry over the years.
1: Well, they must have all been drunk because he drank Baileys throughout the whole of that broadcast. <laughs> he did. He did. By, well, what was his, his advice to Graham Norton was, don't have a drink before song nine. <laughs> do do
0: do you get to ireland much uh, you mentioned i mentioned funderland
1: you and i know funderland so did you, yeah. do you sp- did you spend much time in ireland would do you come back much Gee, uh, yeah we do and you know i mean a, a lot of a lot of my youth was spent in um various parts of ireland because mum was from from a large family she's from a family of eight and they they dissipated across the globe some you know as they did back then some went some went to australia some of them stopped being urban Irish people and decided to be country Irish people. And, you know, I've got uh, relations in Carlo and uh, and I used to go and work on their farms in the summer and timber, fa- timber, timber yards and all sorts of things. So, yeah, but that I, 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 I do, despite how I sound, count myself as Irish because I still only hold an Irish passport. I haven't got, I haven't got, I haven't got a British one. Doesn't matter how you sound, we're claiming you. You're, yeah. you're, I'm, I'm happy you might, to be claimed You might
0: have been born in Hammersmith but we're, we're claiming you
1: Well you know I was conceived on Irish soil because my mother was three months pregnant with me when they moved here in 1970 So you know the story of your conception There we yeah, go I do. Well not the exact details <laughs>
0: <laughs> Any chance you might come over and record the podcast
1: here? I'd love to. Well, I'd you, love to. Because there's Irish some, chef you know, there's, there's yeah, there's some great restaurants over there and people doing great things, yeah. and and I, you know, and I'd love to, the, you know, there's there's some great Irish folk I would love to have on the podcast who, well. who base who base themselves there. So I, you, you, you know, know, that's the nice thing about it. I think it can travel, and I'd love to see it travel everywhere.
0: Please do. You'd be welcome anytime. Anytime. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of people who'd love to help you record it as well. We've got great, great audio professionals and video professionals here as well. So if you want to bring the crew, if not, we'll, bring, we'll supply you with the crew and look after you. Excellent. That so if people want to, want to watch or listen, how do they do that? Spooning well, with Mark they, Wogan.
1: If they search Spooning with Mark Wogan, they'll find it. It's on YouTube as a visual thing and uh, wherever you get your podcasts from. It's, it's there. It's there for your delectation and it's look it's just a bit of fun we don't get too serious about anything and it it just shows people in a slightly different light because one they're blindfolded and they don't don't know what's going on and the other thing is that if you connect with people over food you get a different different side to them and i think that's that's you know that connection with food is really important i think it's what gives gives you a, a, a deeper meaning in a relationship as i always say no passion for food. No passion. Well, I think that's a good
0: way, good way to end. Send all of our love to your mum uh, and the rest I of the will. family. And, and love to everyone over there. And yeah. I'll, I'll come and see you all very soon. Brilliant. Mark, thanks for taking the time. And thanks for being in preposterously early into the BBC. Sometimes we're waiting here going, are they there? Are they there? But you're a thorough broadcasting professional. So <laughs> sure, what else would you be? Spooning <laughs> well, thank with thank Mark Wogan, hosted by Virgin Radio UK, available online and to view on YouTube. Mark, thanks very much. Thank you.